Oh darn, I had it. I had thought about a thing that I want to think about. I was going to talk about people. <laughs> and I had, I had it. It was right there in my thought when I finished it. Now I can't remember what it was. Oh my God, cut this. Anyway. Welcome back, Lords, Lazy Lovelies, to Black Girl Tea Party. I'm Malia Dorsey. And I'm Yasmin Hill. First things first, let's get right into the brew. Aaliyah, what's brewing for you this week? Firstly, happy 10th episode to us. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to all of our listeners who have been with us since day one. And those of you who have joined us later on the ride, we are so grateful for each of you. Um, And also, I think it's important for us to like, you know, toot our own horn um, about having 10 episodes so far. So a big toot toot to us. Um, So yeah, so thank you guys for joining um, our our little tea party here. Um, I don't know what we should, we should have a name for our fans. I don't know what what, what we should name them, but I think we should. Anyway, uh, so tweet at us if you have a name for that. Um, But also, also for brewing, um, a quick disclaimer is that we are recording this episode, the day after the 2020 election um and so honestly like my my brew is that i've been checking my phone non-stop all day because we do not have um conclusive election results at this point um and we probably won't have conclusive results until the end of the week most likely um and but i know that my absentee ballot was counted this morning because i got an alert from vote.com um, and so like, if you also voted absentee and you're waiting for your one to know if your ballot was accepted, like go to vote.com or use ballot tracks and check that out. Um, but yeah, my, my brew is just kind of the anxiety in my stomach for this election cycle, you know? Um, but you know, if you're also anxious about the election, just hang in there because you know, all of America is with you. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, but uh, Yasmin, <laughs> what flavor is your brew this week? Uh, I don't want to say bitter, but that's how I'm feeling. Um, yes, I guess to add on to you, my absentee ballot was also accepted. So, yep, that is good. But my brew, it's kind of a personal one. Honestly, I guess it's just... The moral of the story, I guess, before I say it, will be to, you know, keep everyone in mind this election cycle, be mindful of your words, and, you know, be cognizant that other people might be experiencing things that you're not really thinking about. So I do have a little story today when I walked into work. um, I was having a conversation about the election, and one of my professors told me that I shouldn't worry about it because as a black woman, as a young black woman, the results of the election aren't going to benefit me in either way. Uh, And it kind of caught me off guard. I initially wrote it off as just like another microaggressive thing just to add to the books. Um, 
And I've been thinking about it a lot today. Um, some uh, Another professor of mine came to my aid and really um, stood up for me in that situation, which can definitely be hard, especially if there's like power dynamics working like between a professor or student or like employee and employer. So yeah, it, that was my brew just because like, it was definitely not something that I was expecting to hear. Um, and I'm also really not sure what would possess somebody to say that, but yeah, I was conflicted because on the one hand, I understand like the truth that that holds as far as like, like an indictment of the whole system in general for not liberating like marginalized folk, you know, but then on the other hand, it's like, mm, maybe, yeah, maybe you don't tell me how I should feel about things. Maybe you shouldn't like white explain how I should feel about the things, you know, um, yeah, so that's just what I've been thinking on. That's what I've been feeling most of the day. So I know that um, I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety. I know a lot of other people are too because of the election. But I think that we should all just be mindful and aware of the words that we're using with each other. Yeah, be, uh, be gentle with yourselves out there and take care of each other also. Yeah. Yeah. And with that... Ding, ding. It is time for tea. <laughs> this week, we're talking about music, an art that is so deeply ingrained into the Black experience. From spirituals to gospel, blues, and jazz, Black people's contribution to music has always been a reflection of the social climate. And I think we need to go through the chronology of it all really quickly. Yes, let's get into it. Um, <laughs> according to James Robinson's The Evolution of Black Music, the earliest forms of African-American music were imported with slaves themselves. Songs sang among slaves were used as a form of escapism and to communicate or send messages. Yes, then fast forward a little bit till after the Civil War and the Reconstruction era uh, that left a lot of Southern Black people um, pretty disadvantaged, um, very poor. So out of the Depression era, blues was born. So stars like Bessie Smith, Ma Rainey, and Muddy Waters all emerged. Notable musical contributions also came from, believe it or not, Barbara Sharp quartets. Activist, novelist, and poet James Weldon Johnson said these quartets emerged in Jacksonville. These choruses had beautiful four-part harmonies and popularized echo songs. Uh, barbershop shop quartets were mostly black because most barbers at the top of the century were black. Uh, it was a blue-collar job available to black men as one of the alternatives to labor-intensive jobs. Yeah, quartets were so popular that, of course, the style of music was appropriated, and Norman Rockwell popularized the image of white barbershop quartets. So then we get to around World War I, smooth jazz harmonies were originating in New Orleans. This genre had many variations with the implementation of brass instruments in Chicago with Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, Dizzy Gillespie, and Cal Bazzi are all accredited with bringing in the swing era. Great migration led to a lot of African Americans to move to northern cities, but they still faced a lot of poverty and racism. In the heart of Detroit, we start hearing faster beats and thus the birth of Motown. 
let's not forget about Ella Fitzgerald or the Supremes. Honestly, icons. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Truly queens. <laughs> That's it. All, all music after that really can, you know. But uh, then we get to the 80s. Then we see like the emergence of rap and, and hip hop in the Bronx. So it's still a reflection of the ills of black urban life, such as poverty or crime and violence. Right. And so basically that's um, how basically all of American music can be tied back to African-Americans and our culture and our traditions, you know. Um, In fact, I think blues is considered one of the like purely American art forms, you know. So we have so we've, you know, created a lot. And I think it's also important to recognize that like music is born from this very specific place often a lot of that time it's kind of what the culture at the time needs you know so like blues and you need to express the kind of desperation you're feeling jazz is kind of like you would like to feel good and you know motown is like very much like you want to feel in connection with other people which is how you get like things like disco also so music has evolved in a way where it is always moving at the tide of like where people are right then and I think that's really beautiful no I totally agree and like all of the aforementioned genres like I that's not even like the the end of black contributions to music like there are so many um subcultures that are you know were developed by prolific black artists you know funk um disco like you said um soul neo soul like all of those things um you know, were born from other genres and developed too. So um, I think you, you know, so when we talk about really how the music is a reflection of where you're at, it, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Just like, if you can, the fact that we can point to like specific moments in history and look at where black music was at at that time and how like those things are definitely connected i think that that's like a beautiful um use of an art you know like you know meant something in popular culture um i would like to say that like i think that like black people create american cool um and it's really interesting to me um especially when we, when we think about hip hop, the way that like it is an art, like these are art forms that like other people have used and appropriated in a way that isn't great. Um, and actually is kind of detrimental to artists who created the art form. Um, so <laughs> I want to talk for a bit about um, like Billie Eilish and Miley Cyrus. So like these are two artists who I think for me, represent um for our listeners how like hip-hop especially is a beautiful art form right and then other people use hip-hop like either in it's like in their in their music or in their fashion style but while also like critiquing the art form in a way that isn't really helpful to conversation about it okay so eilish said in an interview she said there are tons of songs where people are just lying eilish told vogue there's a lot there's a lot of that in rap right now from people I know who rap. It's like I got my AK47 and I'm fucking and I'm like, "What? You don't have a gun." And all my bitches, I'm like, "What bitches?" 
that's pos- <laughs> that's posturing and that's not what I'm doing you know so that's that was Eilish talking about her own music and then moving and talking about the ills of rap music right and so then another interview that Miley Cyrus did with Billboard um about her new music this was after her song Malibu came out um and she was talking about um someone asked her what her like musical inspirations were and she talked and then so and then so she said um she mentioned like uh, Kendrick Lamar and he has this line in Humble um about like I think it goes like show me something real like like some ass with, with some stretch marks you know and so she said I love that because it's not like come sit on my dick suck on my cock I can't listen to that anymore that's what pushed me out of the hip-hop scene a little it was too much Lamborghini got my Rolex got my girl on my cock I'm so not that now <laughs> exactly my exact reaction considering the fact that after when when homegirls bangers album came on she was literally featured on so many hip-hop albums that are that she is actively making fun of like right now but you know it's whatever um it i said you know what no 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 i'm not gonna back away from that emotion it's not whatever because i think that both these quotes are like seriously messed up to me because it's like i think especially pop stars want to use the art form of hip-hop because once again it is cool and it is in vogue right now without like having respect for where it came from and for why it is the way that it is you know like we're all we're all like ready to talk about sexism and hip-hop without addressing the way sexism exists in other music art forms like pop punk and like honestly um and honestly a lot of like rock music at the time and also like country music and other musical styles like that you know also we don't want to really talk about the just sexism in Hollywood in general like we kind of live in a world <laughs> that um objectifies women in a lot of really crappy ways and it is not just because of hip-hop that that's happening you know I just think it is hip-hop that we actively demonize for that without addressing the way that it exists in other art forms and honestly like it's kind of sus that the art form that we're choosing to demonize for its sexism is a majority black one and so it's the it's the kind of inherent racism of that for oh me. you're totally right because it's like it's like pop stars get to pick apart black culture hip-hop culture and wear it for a season because it's cool it's like oh okay i'll put on my grill and i'll twerk in my music video but on my next album i'll be like that's not me you know, I'll, ma- I'll make all of that money. I'll profit from all of the music, all the videos, all the merchandise and the tour, all the press. And then I'll turn around, reinvent myself. Not only reinvent myself, I'm, I'll turn around and then continue to like drag this genre as if I didn't profit off of, as if I didn't profit off of it. And I feel like that's true of artist whose aesthetic is completely derivative of hip-hop culture right and like talk about objectification of women when you actively objectified black women in your own art but yes yes tokenize and objectify so you know that's also happening that's what i'm saying and so it's like yeah we can confront um 
you know, we can look at hip hop and confront like the sexism, the colorism, the fetishization, of homophobia, women, the homophobia, all of that. We can do that. But like one, I don't know why Miley Cyrus, Billie Eilish, insert your favorite pop star. Like, I don't know why people are going to them for comments on like the evolution of hip hop. Like that is what's not making sense to me. And they didn't even ask them about that. Like, that's yeah, no. the question in these interviews is about. Yeah. Like, they did not even mention, hey, what were your thoughts about hip-hop? They just kind of brought it up. They're, they're like, well, I'm not doing that, so. Yeah. And I just don't understand why. I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't understand. But it's like, so it's cute when Miley Cyrus does it. But it's not cute if she doesn't, like... <laughs> But that's true for, like, all things, even outside of music. It's, like, um, you know how it's high fashion to, like, lay down your baby hairs now? But if I had, but if I was walking down the street with my door knockers and my baby hairs laid, then I would be ghetto. You know what I'm saying? And it's, like, this, I mean, it's racism. (laughs) Like, there's no other way to, there's no other thing to call it. Um it's racism it's appropriation it's you know like why who was it that had like the pink trap house oh that was ariana grande like i mean i have beef with homegirl yeah. too because of the aggressive tan that she yeah. that she does yeah. but yeah she had a pink I trap just... house in her um seven rings video and it's kind of like mm. and she and the beat she used in that song was from like a soldier boy song so I don't know. And it's like, okay, sure. You want to use Soldier Boy beat? Okay, cool. But it's like, like you said, the aggressive tan, the, the, the symbolism or like the imagery. It's like, what are you trying to, it's like very clear to me that you are cosplaying as black for money. Oh yeah. No, it's absolutely. Especially like, okay. Also like people will also criticize hip hop for like, glorifying like a gangster lifestyle you know or glorifying crime when it's like okay first of all I've been listening to hip-hop like my whole life you know because again it is like a part of the culture and I've never really felt that way about it right like I feel like hip-hop artists who are talking about this like again the ills of poverty and living in a like a neighborhood that has high crime they are talking about it in the terms of like this part of my life was really awful and now I am not living like that anymore because I got to be a rap artist and I get to like talk about that thing and you know like maybe it's like we should kind of let black people cope with the really traumatic things that they've experienced and it just so happens to be through music and also you know it's kind of like in the same vein is hip-hop gets critiqued for its vulgar language and it's like well other artists are saying the same thing just in a different way like yeah that's just what's happening no i think it's like it's reductive to look at such a formative reflective genre and to just be like, oh, well, that's so vulgar. Obviously, this is not real music. It is trashy. Like, that is completely, like, turning a blind eye to soft R&B, um, other forms of hip-hop. Like, um, if you if you don't like trap, then, like, okay, that's fine. You don't like trap. But, like, that should not be a reason for you to, like, discount 
all of the other kinds of rappers that exist. I don't even listen exclusively to rap music and like I will still ride for the hip hop culture. You know what I'm saying? Right. Especially like when privileged people are talking about it or like demonizing the genre. Right. Cause it's like, it, like I agree with you completely. Like just like you said, like just because trap music isn't your thing like there also is like there's conscious rap which is kind of like rap that like people like j cole and logic do where like that rap is meant to be like a form of activism and outreach and so it's like people are making that like there are rap artists who are talking about some really real stuff i can't remember the artist who did this but like his uh like the title of the song was like a suicide hotline number and the song was him talking yes 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 okay that was logic okay and like he's talking about depression (laughs) which as we talked about in our um in our like black mental health episode like black teens have like very high rates of like suicide and depression and like that is a big deal for a rap artist to be talking about mental health especially considering that mental health as a conversation is so like highly stigmatized in black communities so it's like people are doing the work it's really the fact that like maybe you just aren't listening to it maybe you are so focused on the parts of this culture that you think are incorrect and dirty and (laughs) are too vulgar for the american public you know when you know you'll listen it it doesn't sit it doesn't sit with me right with me for like a couple of reasons because it's like you will look at this whole genre without like really interrogating like all of the things that make it up and you know crap on it whatever but then you will like pick parts of that style the whether it be the beats the fashion the aesthetic and use those parts of it to lift you up like black culture is assumed to be a part of pop culture now and i think that like not making that like making that distinction really is key right right like that is that is really important you know because it's also it's like the same people who will use hip-hop culture in their music are not out in the streets like fighting for black lives like they're not doing that they're not like they're not giving to bail funds they're not like mobilizing their platform they're not doing any of that you know so i think i was online and um this happened on Twitter. So 21 Pilots, they honestly, okay, the the lead singer 21 Pilots, he does rap in, like in his songs. Like, that's just what's happening there. Um, and he made a tweet where uh, people, like his fans were asking him to like use his platform to talk about BLM. And he posted a photo of him like in platform sneakers. And he's like, well, my fans keep asking me to use my platform. So, you know, here you go. And it like the internet had had a field day like it was a it was a it was a storm of people being like this was incredibly insensitive this was like we just asked you to like say something about this and you decided to make fun of people instead and like that's really the main like thing for me it's like this is a person who has used elements of this art style in his own work but when there's like real work to be done like they're nowhere to be found and will in fact like make fun of the people who are asking for that you know like i've seen some protest signs um where people are like 
this is the cookout, you know, <laughs> like for people who like where people are always on the internet talking some, oh my God, this white, this white, insert white person who's like not racist just because they don't say the N word um, is invited to the cookout. And it's like, well, fun fact, like these protests in the streets, these are the cookout. Like, this is it. Like, this is the moment where like you can, you can pay back the community that has given you its time and effort and its art and its energy in a real and constructive way you know like I and I just have not seen that from the artists who are putting on the costume of black culture like they're just not doing it and it's unfortunate you know that's why like I think we get so upset about like people using especially hip-hop in this way because it's like defined so much of African-American culture for a long time and it's defined and it continues to define so much of American culture, you know, like, especially in fashion, you know, I think it's kind of icky that like the, (laughs) the baggy clothes and the chains and the, and you know, like, like, like you were saying, Yasmin, the like baby hairs are all like hip hop culture things that are now like being co-opted by kind of rich white people. Like these are fashion styles that were made for like, blue collar like workers and for like low income kids and like, these were clothes that they were wearing because like this is what they could afford but now like those same clothes are being mass marketed at a price tag that they cannot afford and they're not like the spirit of it isn't there anymore so i think people want to like or they have a, pro- a trouble categorizing the trajectory of like quote black music especially because like it is so there's so many variations right there's so many different kinds of black artists there are black artists taking over all sorts of genres you know and so i feel like that um like that rise i feel like people are having trouble getting a grip um and so i wanted to talk a little bit about tyler the creator who won his first grammy earlier this year in january um but he, it was sort of bittersweet. It was a bittersweet night for him. And I don't know if you remember this, but, um, and I'm reading from CNN. So following a gracious acceptance speech, uh, he spoke frankly backstage when he asked about the voting process for the awards. He admitted that while he was very grateful for his win, the categorizing of his music as a rap is a backhanded compliment. And so Tyler, uh, the creator, goes on to say, quote, It sucks that whenever we, and I mean guys that look like me, do anything that's genre bending or that's anything they'll always put in a rap or urban category. I don't like that quote urban word. It's just a politically correct way to say the N word to me. And I think this is like an interesting perspective as well because like, yes, like we said before, like rap and hip hop, like those genres are so large and they have depth. But also it's like when you look at black men and women doing anything that's like adjacent to that, it's like there's not a space or a category for that to fit in. And so they just like, oh, you're black, so this is urban. But it's like... Right. I mean, a very sort thing happened to Lil Nas X, who like they, he was categorized as country for like a little bit because he did make a country song, but then they immediately put it right back into yeah, rap. So. Yeah. And that makes you think it's like, if Tyler Creator was a white dude and put out Igor, would it still be categorized as urban or would it be, would it magically be like alternative? Right. You know, would it be categorized as like something else? And I think that, I don't know. 
food for thought interesting <laughs> like something to think about because i i remember seeing the video of him talking um because like that's supposed to be a, mem a momentous day it's like wow i've this is my first grammy i've worked so hard for this and then to be put in a category that you didn't envision for the album when you created it i could understand how that right. could be frustrating right 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 I totally, I totally get that. I really think it's, I don't know, I think it's hard for any, for a lot of black artists to, like, exist in other genres that, like, aren't rap and hip-hop, you know? Because I think we've, like, associated blackness so heavily with rap and hip-hop that we cannot imagine black artists in anything else, you know? Like, it's really, like, like especially it's hard for, like, black artists in country right now. I literally can only name two, i.e., like, Lil Nas X and Darius Rucker, even though I know there are other black people in country right now. And it's just because, like, these are not usually genres that are also, like, very welcoming to them and, or, like, they're not things that people are, they're not making music people, like, probably want or wanting to hear. And it's always kind of, like, difficult to be able to like have your authentic voice when you are constantly being kept in a box of the kind of genre of music that you can make, you know? Um, which is a point I wanted to make earlier, like once again, when we were talking about like sexism and music industry and especially like in hip hop, I was thinking about also for this episode about how like people are always saying that they want women in hip hop who their music isn't all about sex you know uh i think i think i ran into you this summer about when like lana del rey made like a comment about how like her music was as popular because they were women um in the music industry who are like making industry who are making music about having sex and how like soft women like her like could not have a platform in the same way and i've been thinking about that a lot for the episode because it's like well women are making music about being soft you know like um women especially like rap artists are making music about things other than having sex like they're like they are like doing it it's just that like the girls aren't getting the recognition that they should be having you know like they're just not like i think the the, the young ma's the no names and the rico nasties of the world are being like kind of pushed to the side um in a way that like they shouldn't be um because they are like making like really great music but also it's like i don't know people like people are going to make music and gravitate to something that they want like right then at the moment right and i do think we are in a culture that like is ready for escapism you know i think that's a kind of a big deal and so a very easy way to do that is with like dance music like the kind of music that like the cardi b's and megan the stallions of the world are making and i think it's just kind of inappropriate to like pit these two genres of music against each other when they can exist in the same space and in the same person's playlist right like yeah. there is a time and there's a place for everything like there are some days when i want to throw it in a circle and so that i'm gonna listen to my queen megan and my queen cardi for that right like i like you were in the car with me when i was playing captain hook because that's what i wanted to hear right then and there's times where i'm like you know what i want to feel you know like i want to experience so i want to play some her i'll play some SZA. i'm gonna like you know feel some things and like those like i don't know i feel like it's always difficult when we categorize culture at large as like 
only really wanting one thing when it's like well really maybe we do want a lot of that thing right now but that doesn't mean that the other thing is not as valuable in culture as well you know it doesn't mean that like people who are talking about having sex and talking about like drugs and money are not like making valuable music in the same way that like people who are talking about the ills of poverty and racism and the ills of sexism and heartbreak are are less valuable than those people you know because they're not like they're really just two people making music you know and you can either pop out to it or you don't like secure your bag Lena Del Rey like (laughs) secure your bag and stay in your lane like focus on what you doing you know focus on your stands make music for the audience that you want to make music for and like don't come for, for other girls bags just because you know they out there looking a little thicker than you like it's not I didn't really understand where that whole because I read the whole message I don't even know like where her head was at when she posted that because that was I remember that that was this summer when the Savage remix and the Say So remix were number one and number two on the Billboard charts right it was like around that time and she was like, okay, so since this is what we're doing, can I can I keep making my music? Because the thing was like, uh, Lana Del Rey received a lot of flack for glorifying abusive relationships. And then in that post, she was like, okay, since all of these girls are talking about cheating and having sex, then can I make my music again? And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa no one was stopping you just like you said like get in your bag i'm pretty sure people will still listen to your music like you know like i have a sad girl playlist so i (laughs) right (laughs) right right and then to like again like later people were like calling her racist for this a lot of the women that she called out in that same post were like women of color and it's like ma'am like we gotta examine how like the fact that you want to that you only mostly called out like women of color in this is kind of symbolizing that maybe there's some racist bias in there my girl you know oh yeah no of course like there's something (laughs) no question like we have to like self-examine that like even if you did not do that intentionally definitely like subconsciously like the people you're demonizing look like black women and are black women and like you like like you're (laughs) like you are thinking about these women as only as only talking about like sexualizing themselves which first of all is putting these women in a huge box because like so like nikki um nikki minaj like her pink print album had like some really like deep gems on it right like these women yeah, very personal stuff to her right like these women are also like capable and do make songs that are like deep and emotional and, and and important and just as important as the ones that they're talking about liking to have sex like I, I've been thinking about a lot when Watt came out and the girls in the world were like oh my god this is so shocking how dare they talk about like touch that dangly dangly thing in the back of my throat like <laughs> how dare they do that when it's like first of all I just feel like the rat men have been making songs like that since forever um, and have said honestly worse things is the first thing. The second thing is, have we not heard a Megan Thee Stallion or a Cardi B song before? Like, have we not? 
Yeah, I don't know where the surprise came from. Yes! Like, have we just been throwing it in a circle and not thinking about what they're actually saying? Because they've been saying the thing that they they were saying in WAP, so. No, but you're totally right. Had that lyric came out of a man's mouth, it would be, oh my gosh, amazing, lyrical genius. Right. Too good for us. We don't deserve him. Like, what? Mm -hmm. No, it would have been, it would have been exactly that. But it's also, like, I think... (laughs) I think that we could think about WAP through like, I think I think a lot of people once wanted to call this like an unfeminist thing of them to do, you know, when it's like, okay, I think rap girls, especially like black women having the agency in this way to like talk about their bodies in this way and to talk about loving sex is a big deal. <laughs> like that is a big deal that we are like at this cultural moment where like they can do that. But also like yeah. the fact that the thing is like, like, Megan writes her own songs, right? And so it's like the fact that like this is the music that she authentically wants to make is a big deal because she's like, I do like sex. I do. I do want this thing from someone who I am having sex with. Like, I like, what do you like? What I don't know what else to do, you know, like. It's just I don't know. I just think that like maybe we should like let women have this agency over their bodies in the way they want to. So, yeah. Especially like when because Meg Meg specifically is like hyper masculinized and like uh really demonized for sexist colorist reasons, you know? And so for her not only to have the agency for herself, but like for other people that look like her to be able to say, like, no, I love my my five ten body, you know? Like uh I think it's it's more impactful than people are willing to admit. First of all, hip hop isn't the only genre of like black specific music that, that we've demonized in this way as a culture. Like jazz, we did the same thing to that. Like we called jazz like race music and the greater American public did not like jazz for a considerable amount of its history in the public eye, you know? And then it suddenly like became in vogue throughout time. And hip hop has had the same thing happened to it you know and I think we need to think about like what we're actually saying when we demonize art forms like this you know and when we like only want to point out the bad things in these very like black specific art forms you know like there there's racism in that like that's just like point blank period like that's what it is you know it's like you want to demonize the black bodies that are making this music is the first thing and the second thing is you're we're often also demonizing kind of sexuality and sex in the same way like jazz when it was popular like it had a lot of the same criticisms people thought thought that the music was too vulgar people thought that that it was like glorifying sex and other awful and other things that it considered awful at the time you know and we make the same assumptions about hip-hop even though like a lot of jazz artists were doing different things than what like people said that they were doing and a lot of hip-hop and rap artists are doing different things than what like we think of the typical music coming from this genre you know and I just think we need to like think holistically about music that music is art you know and like when we demonize an art form we need to we're also kind of demonizing the people who make it and we need to think about the implications that that has on like the way we think about people and the way we think about art and we think about our culture at large. Like all of those are, are things we need to like consider, you know? So oh, my takeaways 
it's even hard. I think it's hard to have takeaways, especially like after like chronicling the history of black music. I think that just goes to show like because we hit so many themes, I think that just goes to show like really how expansive um, and how important black culture is and how that's like directly related to music or how like what they have influenced each other you know um so yeah what I was gonna say yeah so that's part of my takeaway I guess another thing is just like I think we should be more aware of where uh the trends are coming from and what we're appropriating or you know things that we shouldn't be appropriating like hey maybe you shouldn't wear cornrows like you know just just a thought you know (laughs) yeah um (laughs) I guess for my takeaway it's really like you know I think we need to avoid generalization generalizations you know because it's like these art forms contain a lot of like subgenres, and I think when you think about art, you think about like how it got there, like what that means. What is this person trying to tell you about them or about the the, the art that they're making by like having these lyrics, by having these images, you know? And when you think about like what we're saying about the people who are making that, when we want to have criticism about a form of art you know um and also i think we need to think about um oh darn i had it i had the thought about a thing that i want to think about i was going to talk about people and i had i had it it was right there in my thought when i finished it now i can't remember what it was oh my god cut this anyway um, <laughs> um so yeah i just think we need to like you know Think about what, what, what we're saying when we're having that critiques. Ooh, that was it. Also, if we are going to critique one art form, we really need to start critiquing the other ones as well, right? Like, we need to, like, if we, like, yes, hip hop, namely, has a lot of issues with homophobia and with sexism and with hypermasculinity, but, like, those issues exist in our culture at large. Like, maybe address them (laughs) yes like maybe address the way that these things have affected american culture at large and maybe that's the reason why they're so pervasive in the art form that you want to demonize like maybe think about the fact that like if think about that also like country music has a lot of these same issues that punk has a lot of these same issues and like consider that and be like hmm I wonder why all these art forms have issues with homophobia sexism and (laughs) and sexism and just like you know maybe think to yourself hmm maybe it's because we're living in a culture that like causes these things to happen and so that bleeds into the art that is created around that time so if we're going to critique art be holistic about it don't be racist about it <laughs> also, in our research episode, I came across this series on Netflix a lot called 
Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. Um, and I, I plan on watching it pretty soon. Um, and also, um, if you're interested in learning more about hip hop from the people who created it and how we are and the way we, like how we got to the place that we are right now, um, I would suggest checking it out. I'm gonna check it out soon. It might, it might be a future brew. We'll see. Um, but yeah. Education's important, kids. Um, yes, I'm, I'm ready to hear that. If you're going to critique something, learn about it first. <laughs> learn about it. Oh, my gosh. So you can properly read it. Yeah. Uh, but please love each other and yourselves. That's a wrap for our episode this week. Aaliyah, where can our listeners find you? I am at It's Aaliyah Dorsey on Twitter and Instagram. Yasmin, where can our listeners find you? I'm at Yasmin underscore SA. And as always, please follow us at Black Girl Tea Party on Instagram and search Black Girl Tea Party on Twitter to stay up to date with episodes. Also, please subscribe to our show. Rate and view us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our show um, so that new people can find us and join us at the table for tea. You can also send us an email at blackgirlteaparty at gmail.com. Send us questions, ask us for advice, or just tell us how much you love the show. We would love to hear from you. Yes, please talk to us. (laughs) Once again, thanks for listening. Remember to love often and with all your heart. We'll see you next week. Thanks for 10 episodes, loves. Bye.